Welcome back to Reading to Rudeness with Emily and Father Adam, the podcast where we read really difficult things <laughs> and try and understand them to the best of our ability. That is what we are doing. And have fun doing it. Right. So we are continuing on with JP2's Person and Act. We have made it to chapter four, we which I over... feel like is such an accomplishment. It is. We're over halfway. <laughs> We are just trucking along. Yeah, I remember, I remember like looking at the page number a while back, not too long ago, I guess. Yep. Seeing like page fifty, and it's like, oh my, it's so far to go. I know. And now <laughs> one hundred seventy-four. So we're fine. Yeah. Right. Right. We're, we, we're making our way through this, and and like we talked about last time, this this is getting a little bit easier. I would say. You learn and his I, language. Right. You learn how he circles back a lot. Right. Doesn't give examples. <laughs> How could he? <laughs> yes, yes, we were moving on. Okay, so to recap a little bit, the first two chapters were about the kind of system, the maybe the subjective system within ourselves that proceeds, goes alongside the act that makes it personal, so our consciousness, the efficacy involved. Last time we talked about self-determination, so the actual process of acting moving something from potential to actual act that i do yes this time we're talking about fulfillment so yes yeah how we actualize ourselves through action and that's not only what we should be doing but also something that fulfills us in the sense of brings us genuine joy, or he calls it felicity. So, yes. And we ought yes, we, to fulfill ourselves. We ought to fulfill ourselves. And fulfilling ourselves is a unique and individual path, despite the fact that we kind of have all the same faculties and the same moral Truth. objectives yeah. that we're kind of striving towards, which is a really cool fact. So Yeah. And yet yeah. is yeah right unique mm-hmm. to each individual mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Okay. So, can I start with a quote? I was totally going to even... the same thing. Oh, Dang you it. can do okay. it because it's a great. Quote. Oh, uh, should we? Okay. Should we no. start reading it at the same time to see if Let's... we're thinking about the same quote? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. One. Three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One. No wait. <laughs> okay. Ready? We're gonna start with three. <laughs> three, two, one. To, to fulfill, fulfill oneself, oneself means to actualize. You got, you got, you got it. Of course we do. Of course. You got it. You got it. Okay. Wow. We are. We're so cool. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yes. He writes, to fulfill oneself means to actualize and in a way to bring to the proper fullness that structure in man, which is characteristic for him because of his personality and also because of his being somebody and not merely something. So you see in that there is coming to the fullness of, I think, human beingness here, like the structure of man, the way we are built, Mm -hmm. um, and like those faculties that we've kind of been talking about, but also according to his personality, to the thing that makes him uniquely a somebody. Yeah. Right. And that fulfillment means to, fulfilling, to fulfill oneself means to Mm -hmm. actualize in that philosophical language of moving from potential to actuality Mm -hmm. that we are by default got a lot of potential Mm -hmm. really incredible potential actually for amazing things but it's not fulfilled by default Mm -hmm. it takes us moving ourselves forward in by actions Mm -hmm. it's it's a better way to put it but like to move that from potency Mm -hmm. to actuality Mm By my actions, mm. I do that to myself. And by doing so, becoming more of what I am and who I'm meant to be, mm-hmm. I am fulfilling myself. Mm. So would you would you consider that a very dynamic Ooh. quality in the human being? Oh, exactly. <laughs> it is dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he distinguishes between kind of the external versus internal dimension of The effect of the act. So, obviously, us acting because there is reality, you know, has real effects. 
Right. But he's kind of making the argument here that nothing we can do externally is as important or as lasting as the effect it has internally because we are actualizing ourselves. And because the best thing you can do for yourself is actualize yourself to to fulfill yourself. Yeah. Right. mm, Yeah, it's like one of the greatest things to do. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, for example, like you can do something kind for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like smile at somebody, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm trying trying to come up with examples that he doesn't give because, you know, mm-hmm. probably any example you give is, is <laughs> lacking. So we'll try it anyway. You can smile at somebody and that mm-hmm. is like a nice thing for them and for me. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they will probably forget about it and I will probably forget about it. But I have done this thing which is good for another person and thus I've kind of stepped toward greater actualization and fulfillment by doing so. So like mm-hmm. the impact on me smiling at somebody is maybe bigger and grander than... Uh-huh the smile they received right um that external thing but even you know, other ways you could see it is people say like what what harm does my sin have if it doesn't affect anybody mm-hmm. it doesn't have any effect out there i'm just like maybe like the lustful thoughts thing like mm-hmm. christ says we shouldn't do that mm-hmm. uh, because it it is an action and it is affecting me mm-hmm. it is changing me and mm-hmm. maybe unfulfilling me uh mm-hmm. is denaturing me in some way okay um, Making you avoid. Oh, Ooh. ouch. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's not just the external things, but like mm-hmm. the internal things, which is bringing me to fulfillment or not. And even that, I guess, another example I thought of was where you can do a kind action, but if I do it so that I'll get praise, so my intention there is bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. The external act is good, but almost more importantly, I have made myself more selfish or proud by seeking something. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I formed myself in that way. Which might be a yeah. reasoning behind the end doesn't justify the means yeah. because the means you use to get Change there, me. Yeah, change you. Yeah. Right. And once again, I know we've said this like over and over, but there is no neutral ground here. There is no sort of what switzerland of <laughs> actions <laughs> like every action is either bringing you towards fulfillment or bringing you towards non-fulfillment and while that doesn't mean that like you know you just suddenly become a good person or a bad person based on one action oh, alone yeah. and yeah. and thinking about the quantity of actions that you make in one day is probably you know, an uncountable number. Um, (laughs) But still, you know, there is no sort of moral neutral grounds here. Right. And as JPG has mentioned before, in every act, my, my whole person is there and present. We don't, we don't act in an abstract way, like Mm. to lie. Mm -hmm. It's always, I lie Mm -hmm. or I tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So like my whole person is present in this action and I'm incorporating it into myself in some way. Mm-hmm. So the profundity there, like every action we perform. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's one quote. I want to yes. get, I want to get on the quote okay. list here. Get the quote. Human actions once performed do not vanish without trace. Mm. They leave their moral value, which constitutes an objective reality intrinsically cohesive with the person and thus a reality also profoundly subjective. So I love that even phrasing. It's almost like poetic, but they don't vanish without trace. When I do something, it affects my person. Mm-hmm. It, it it remains with me. Mm-hmm. And then you could think, you know, when Jesus says, you'll be accountable for every idle word you say on judgment day. It's because every every word I say affected my person. It's not just I say it and it vanishes without a trace. It matters to the who I am. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, self-fulfillment is... Yeah, is a huge responsibility. <laughs> and and only you can do it. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah, they're yeah, they're <laughs> even if a person really loved you and was very much in tune with the truth and goodness and wanted to give that to you, there is no way that you could reach fulfillment unless you were acting for yourself. Yeah. And bringing yourself to fulfillment. Right. And you 
hope that, you know, you're surrounded by people and mm-hmm. you surround yourself by people who make it easier. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, at the end of the day, you are mm-hmm. the self-determiner. Yeah. And you can't hire somebody to do it for you. <laughs> you can't abdicate that responsibility to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is yours, like it or not. Mm-hmm. And it has to be done in action. You can't mm. kind of form this general goodwill and, uh, like, according to the truth and, and you know, like, form your mind. But if none of that is performed in action, you're not actually changing yourself. Yeah. You're not bringing yourself, right. your whole personhood into that action and therefore transcending, outgrowing yourself to... Leveling up to the new yes. form, yes. to the new you. <laughs> Level 37. JP2 oh, yeah. loved Pokemon. Oh. The end. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so you, if you want to give the example from the Brothers K. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You like, like that whole, well, you should do it. No, I should do it. Oh. Yeah, you should do it. Which maybe we've mentioned before, but mm-hmm. it is a theme running through the Brothers Karamazov that... Mm-hmm. The, to love humanity abstractly mm-hmm. is one thing, mm-hmm. but it is nowhere near as good. And certainly in this context, like, doesn't bring you fulfillment to, like, think nice thoughts about the homeless mm-hmm. or to think nice thoughts about the hungry mm-hmm. uh, in in some other country or to think nice thoughts about whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the action of charity, of some kindness, some whatever it is towards somebody is what brings us to fulfillment yeah there's a lady who comes and speaks to father zosima and i forget the exact kind of phrasing of it but or he no sorry it's father zosima talking about a physician that he knew Mm -hmm. that loved humanity and like thought all these great things and like talked to you know all these people about all these terrible things that the world could do but like i love humanity until my brother touches me and then I like, hate my brother. I got the phrasing wrong. But it's it's something like that. Like as soon as like it's actually concrete mm-hmm. and it deals with loving that person who has these needs and these demands and kind mm-hmm. of, ex- you know, expect something from me or extract something from me. I'm going to have to be selfless or lose something like my time or my money or something mm-hmm. to do something for this person. Like that's when the, the love breaks down or you recognize like you're not actually loving. Right. Like, you can have a lot of nice thoughts. <laughs> But if you can't kind of selflessly serve your neighbor, then you're you're not actually loving. You haven't actualized the love in your life mm-hmm. that bringing from potential, mm-hmm. like to think nice thoughts about humanity is potential. Mm-hmm. But can can you actualize it? And like, and it can be difficult and hard, mm-hmm. and takes a lot of choices to actualize that to become Mother Teresa, who <laughs> loves the individual uh-huh. suffering person. Mm-hmm. Misquoted. Quotes by Father Adam. Yes. <laughs> but still, like, I, I think this is a good transition to kind of the next part of the book because, yes, you can strive for the truth. You can have an intellectual understanding mm. of the truth. Yeah. You could have a good recognition of beauty or goodness. But if there isn't that move from the mind to the will, <laughs> then then it doesn't really mean anything because because you haven't applied it to yourself and made it present in the world yeah. by acting it. Right. Um, so, which brings us to the function of the conscience, which we oh, were yeah. so proud of ourselves <laughs> the last podcast and like recognizing, oh, this reference to the truth that the will has is probably conscience, which I think I think we were on to something like... Yes, he has a lot more think, to say about conscience. Right, right. But and, definitely. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that we picked up on, like, yeah. conscience is a part of this process and, yeah. like, needs to fit in somewhere. Yeah. But I think there is, yeah, a much deeper, broader yes. conscience, understanding of conscience here and its part in this process. And it's really cool. Right. So, yeah. Well, tell us about it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me... The, the problem with Fine. this part is going to be, like, there are so many good quotes here about conscience. Like, which yeah. one to pull to really capture how well, how beautiful the writing is on conscience here. Right. And he'll also bring in freedom, so these things kind of play in with conscience. Mm-hmm. So we 
have a knowledge of what is true, which mm-hmm. we should say more about and like how we kind of develop that mm-hmm. this play. We have a knowledge of what is true. We have the freedom to choose things. Mm-hmm. But then he says something, maybe maybe this is a, a step toward it. The, the transcendence of the person in the action does not consist solely either in the ontological autonomy or self-centered dependence on the ego. It includes also the indispensable and essential moment of reference to truth, which, yeah, we had seen mm-hmm. before. But And it is this moment that ultimately determines freedom. For human freedom is not accomplished nor exercised in bypassing truth, mm. but on the contrary, by the person's realization and surrender to truth. The dependence upon truth marks out the borderlines of the autonomy appropriate to the human person. Okay, so he didn't say conscience there, but it is uh, that that the person's realization and surrender to truth mm-hmm. is the function of the conscience. Mm. I think you can say elsewhere if I can find the quote. But. Well, yes, yes. That, that's hilarious that you chose a quote that didn't actually include the term conscience. Way to go. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> So but I found it in there. Okay. I just yes. got, I panned there it go. out there. there yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the conscience, as we understand it, is this faculty, once again, standing at the crossroads of a transition here. The striving towards truth is a very important, knowledgeable, cognitive act. And we need to do that. So we need to try as hard as we can to discover the truth, find the truth. But if that stayed as kind of a knowledge, which Mm -hmm. means we're at a distance towards it, then it doesn't actually... It's a book on the shelf. Right. Act upon us. So JP2 kind of imagines the conscience as the faculty that using the experiences that we have discerns what is true in those experiences based on, like, this huge database of knowledge of the truth that you have built up, and then puts the kind of command, the the mm-hmm. obligation on you to accomplish this. So it's kind of like the subjective part of it, I guess. Or it's or binding like, the yeah. subject and the, the objective truth to right. the subject. Yes, yes. And then that's a good way of saying demand. it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, in my mind, it's like drawing a thread between, like, this mm-hmm. truly good action mm-hmm. and my current situation and saying mm-hmm. like, yeah, do that now. Right. You should do that. Yeah. Like this you situation should. in front of you calls for mm-hmm. this action mm-hmm. or something in the vein of that. And he even talks a little bit at one point about kind of the creativity of conscience, mm-hmm. that it's not, it's not like a computer. It's finding like necessarily the, mm-hmm objectively always perfect answer because every situation is unique and you are unique and the person in front of you is unique and so there's maybe this a bit of creativity in the conscience to like find the appropriate way but mm-hmm. um we're not quite there oh, okay yeah, yeah. Good. A quote quote to like affirm all of this Ooh, nice. that that actually uses the term conscience okay okay don't rub it <laughs> Okay, so this view in no way changes or belittles the statement that conscience is that basic experiential reality in which the person manifests or perhaps even reveals himself most fully to himself and to others. The fact of the conscience, for all its subjectiveness, still retains a measure of inner subjectivity. It is in the conscience that there is achieved the peculiar union of moral truthfulness and duty that manifests itself as the normative power of truth. In each of his actions, the human person is eyewitness of the transition from the is to the should. The transition from X is truly good to I should do X. Mm-hmm. So, yes, taking this moral truth that you can discover, that you can kind of uncover through experiences and through comparing them to the intellectual gains you've made, and then the conscience takes all of that and pushes at you with that. Like, yeah. you, yeah, yeah, you know right. this. This is a revealed truth. About you and your life mm-hmm. and the world around you uh-huh. and the person in front of you. Uh-huh. Which means you have a duty, a duty. to do yeah. this or right. to not do this. So on that first point, we see mm-hmm. that formation of conscience. 
mm-hmm. and the need for mm-hmm. it. That mm-hmm. learning about what human people are, learning mm-hmm. what the church teaches, learning natural law, mm-hmm. learning virtues, those things. So the formation of the conscience, the importance mm-hmm. of learning what is true and good. But then the conscience acts to create this kind of duty between that which I know and what's in front of me and kind mm-hmm. of what, what how, how does it affect or call me to do something in this situation mm-hmm. to tell the truth, to mm-hmm. be charitable, mm-hmm. to. Yeah. That, that link between yeah. intellect and free will, that it should be drawing from the intellect to then guide your will. And For- like maybe where we were wrong last time or like a little bit <laughs> misguided in our last one is kind of thinking this of this as kind of an, I compass, don't know, more internal compass. Yeah. Like more along the lines of yeah. kind of like the voice of God speaking in all of us. And while it is innate in some sense, like there is kind of a, a starting ground for it, it does have to be something that you're working on from both sides that yeah. you're Forming your conscience through building up your understanding of truth. Right. But then also that you're acting in accord with your well-formed conscience. And so that your conscience is building up the capacity to very quickly and loudly act on you. And then you, in accord, act. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't haven't quite fleshed out that second point yet. (laughs) Which we should because I think it's awesome. But I want to throw in one more quote just okay. about the function of the conscience. It is a conscience. Which is maybe. Now, people. Yeah, totally. Well, I just got to redeem myself. Okay. The last one. <laughs> the appropriate and complete function of the conscience consists in relating the actions to the recognition of the truth that has been made known. Mm. So, I mean, that's to say what was already been said, but I've just redeemed myself. So that's really all I cared about was not the truth, with conscience. but myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> Are you. Are you forming your conscience well as we speak? Moving on. Father Adam, uh, are you actualizing the, yourself right now? It's not about me, okay? It's about <laughs> JP2. Um, but the, it just seems like to catch it really pithily. The, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Writing the actions to the recognition of the truth has been made known. Yes, but then no, we should talk about that second point you're making, which is that growing of the capacity. Okay, so here's another quote. So I'm just going to jump in here. Um, that capacity of the conscience. So you can have, you need maybe a, a storehouse of knowledge, what mm-hmm. is true and good, mm-hmm. so that you have a sense of like in a lot of different situations, maybe mm-hmm. what would be right. But then this conscience has and can have strength or depth to it. Mm-hmm. It has capacity to be stronger and bigger or more forceful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, quote, as manifested in man's conscience, the capacity to surrender to truth shows how deeply the relation to truth is rooted in the potentiality of the personal being of man. So the way I'm taking that, which is maybe not exactly right, but that our that 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 line, that thread connecting the truth to me and my action mm-hmm. can be or maybe it's like a like a spring. <laughs> That's like, it can be, you can tight, it's tighter. It can maybe be a tighter spring uh-huh. or a looser spring. Uh-huh. So it's, Examples. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it pulls on you quicker and stronger. That like when I see a person in need, mm-hmm. it can be weak and just say like, well, you could, but you really could just go and buy a coffee right, for yourself mm-hmm. or be like, that person needs help right now. <laughs> um, do this, like do this for them. Uh-huh. That strength and power of the conscience we can. Build up the capacity, the strength, the depth. Okay, I keep using those words over and over again. Mm-hmm. The force. Um, the force. Ooh, the so force. it like, like, when there's a situation presented, it kind of like, it's quick to act. It knows what to do and doesn't have to deliberate. I think mm-hmm. of like, yeah, when you, maybe when you know something's good to do, mm-hmm. or like mom tells you to take out the trash and you're like, oh, I really I really don't want to. Like, I'd rather sit and play my video game or, like, I'm kind of comfortable. Like, maybe I could do it tomorrow. And that is a weak conscience because it, it doesn't have that force on you. But a strong conscience would be this kind of response of, like, one, I have obligation to do as mom tells me to do. And two, it is a loving thing to take out the trash for the good of my mother and the smell of my home. It affects all the rest of my family and, and so on. 
So it cuts out maybe the deliberation mm-hmm. because you know, a stronger conscience because I kind of know what it is to do and I want to respond quickly to it instead of the weak, which is like, I'm at war with myself more. Like, there's my conscience, but there's like what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. And it, it, mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of brings to mind like why it's so important to be in the habit of reflecting mm-hmm. on actions and like trying to really bring your conscience into those experiences if that makes sense and like recognize something perhaps in the aftermath as something bad and that way you can awaken your conscience next time and like have a more forceful response so like when you're watching a show that afterwards you're just kind of like you know what i don't know how that made me feel i don't know you know if that was having the best effect on me so that when you kind of mindlessly, again, go into watching that show, <laughs> perhaps more quickly or more incessantly, something will be kind of picking at you saying, I don't know, like, that wasn't a great thing last time. Is that a good thing again? Yeah. So, yeah, kind of reflection. Yeah, I think there are ways to really intentionally try and build up your conscience and make those connections yourself rather than letting the conscience just kind of flounder and like, I think it'll do its job, but you can help it along. Right. Um, and, and which he'll get to, and we haven't mm-hmm. maybe quite got there. Maybe we should go there. If the conscience really is connecting us to the mm-hmm. truth, we should want to follow it Yeah, because it's helping us to actualize ourselves. That mm-hmm. is to bring ourselves to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That is to help us to achieve what is good. Mm-hmm. Why why wouldn't we want to listen to it? Right. Why would we want to keep it mm-hmm. soft and quiet and have be a really pathetic spring? Right. We would, if it really is pointing us to that which is true and good, mm-hmm. which brings us to fulfillment, makes us better. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want that to be really, really strong? Right. And And how dangerous it would be to try and smother that. Like if, yeah, like, as we said, you are the only person that can bring yourself to fulfillment. So you're really playing a risky game if the faculty foolish. Yeah. built into you to help you actualize yourself and to help you really stay on that right pathway. You're just kind of trying to cover up occasionally because you think it won't do much harm. Like how dangerous that is. Um, Also, I'm skipping ahead a little bit to read one quote um, because, yeah, I think it's important. But he says, the fulfillment of the person in the action depends on the active and inwardly creative union of truth with freedom. And I wrote to the side, this is the meaning of life. (laughs) 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 But yeah, like the most important thing that you can do is try and capture truth and goodness and beauty in all of your actions and and by by doing so it, you as mm-hmm. like quote i read earlier like it doesn't just pass away but it, mm-hmm. it coheres to Acts you Acts upon you and yes. forms you right. in to become truthful and good and like, beautiful why wouldn't you want that right so yeah okay and then yeah, it's maybe very important too. To mm-hmm. double down on the point we were making, mm-hmm. the quote, the conscience is the necessary condition of man's fulfillment of himself in the action. Mm-hmm. So conscience necessary mm-hmm. to connect the truth with me and mm-hmm. my situation, right? Okay. And there's... When you, yeah, when you think about even the saints, or, ooh, okay, you think about St. Joseph. We've been reading a lot about St. Joseph. It is the year of St. Joseph. It is the year of St. Joseph. How quickly he was to act when... Like, and I guess maybe he's not acting according his conscience, to his conscience. God is literally telling him yeah, <laughs> what yeah, to do. Yeah, speaking help, right? right? <laughs> but still, like, I think with a lot of saints, how quickly they act upon yeah. something good, truthful, or beautiful. And that, in my mind, being more freeing than any sort of ability of mine to do whatever I want, to, to act in accord with the way I am made using the faculties that have been given to me and to not have to experience that constantly running up against yourself or always feeling unsure because something is 
you know, working on you because you're just yeah. not going in the right direction. Like that to me is the fullness of freedom. And yeah, why would I not want that? Yeah. And so one thing, I don't think we quite mentioned it. Mm. And, and he says it pretty straightforward a couple mm-hmm. times that only morally good actions mm-hmm. bring us to fulfillment. Right. Morally but we bad didn't actions, say that. <laughs> yeah. And so maybe it's kind of important right. as, as we go ahead. We're, we're, we're mm-hmm. assuming it in the way we're talking. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, morally good actions bring us to fulfillment. They mm-hmm. fulfill the human person. Mm-hmm. Morally bad actions is non-fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That is not building mm-hmm. us up. So yeah, if if that's true, which mm-hmm. I'm going to go with JP2 here. It's a lot smarter than me, I guess. <laughs> and it corresponds to what the church teaches. Yeah, like if there's four actions in front of me, possibilities, and like, do I want it? Or I, I guess I have option, uh, opportunity to act four times. Like, do I want two actions that fulfill and two actions that don't fulfill? Or do I want four actions that fulfill? Mm-hmm. Like, well, well, I'll take, I'll take fulfillment. Like, <laughs> uh, and the conscience is the thing saying, okay, these are the, four, like, mm-hmm. these four take, give fulfillment. So like, do you want fulfillment? Yes. Okay. Well then do these four things. Um, which again is not maybe so black and white. Like right. it'll be creative right. and unique in every mm-hmm. situation. But if, like, why wouldn't you want to choose fulfillment? Yeah, you could choose non-fulfillment in the next four hours of your life. Like, ah, well, why would I do that? I'll take. I'll take. I'll take the good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, So, then maybe the next thing to talk about, which we kind of mentioned, is the. There's probably a good quote for this, which I'll let Emily find. Oh, okay. Um, Cool. Is the yeah right right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got five seconds to find (laughs) that conscience. In connecting us to the truth forms a duty in us mm-hmm. and even kind of a, a normative thing, which is good. So on the surface, it seems maybe that when you, as soon as you, like we have freedom and you're like, yay, freedom. And then it's like, okay, but, but now you must be bound to this law. Like, it seems like, okay, now my freedom is being impinged mm-hmm. upon, which JPT will show us how that is not true. But what else should we say about conscience kind of forms a duty? Mm-hmm. And how it interacts with freedom as a good thing. Right. So kind of thinking about these obligations. Yes, like it is establishing limits. Limits that correspond with the limits of reality in a way. The limits of personhood. But if you're only looking at that side of it, just like in all other examples of morality, you're missing what it opens you up to. So, there is a really good quote somewhere about thou shall love. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of talking about the example of the commandments and how they're all thou shall not and all those kinds of things. The passage from value to obligation in what seems to be the negative way characteristic of morality and legislation is neither the only way nor the most important the positive way seems to have a greater importance. The best and the most comprehensive example of obligation initiated by value in the positive sense is now and will always remain the evangelical commandment, thou shall love. Obligation is then directly released by value with all its intrinsic content and all its attractive power. So, yes, there are limits, but the pathway that those are kind of bordering is is a unique but also attractive way forward mm-hmm. if that makes sense so i don't know how would you right so one of the quotes that i like that maybe yeah can mm-hmm. help to continue to expand this the truthfulness and duty are strictly concomitant the kind of experiencing that expresses itself in the conviction or subjective certitude that such and such a norm corresponds to a good. So if we know, if we have learned the truth of a thing, and then it's we recognize like this is good for me or for that person or both probably. Mm-hmm. And that, I value it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thus like it would make sense that like why wouldn't we do that? So you kind of you create yeah an obligation, a duty to do that thing for the good of myself and the good of the other. So it naturally flows from a recognition that this thing is true and good. Mm-hmm. If we're like, you should do it. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, it's like, oh, here's a good thing. Like, do you want the good thing or do you not want the good thing? Well, I want the good thing. 
And so conscience kind of creating that duty to Mm -hmm. it is an assistance to us Mm -hmm. to push us quickly toward what is good for us. Mm -hmm. So we're one, not just sitting there trying to constantly deliberate because it's kind of pushing us toward it, but also like, why wouldn't I only want good things? Like, Mm -hmm. why would I want something that's not good or bad? Mm -hmm. And so to bind myself to always choose what is good Mm -hmm. isn't a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. And like freedom then, I have this freedom to choose and conscience is aiding my freedom to do that which builds me up and not which tears me down. And so it's it's almost like a stimulus to or a an aid to freedom. So our freedom is not lost in the vacuum. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out, wow, maybe this is good or maybe that's better. It's like, hey, that's good. And your freedom's like, yes, like <laughs> let me bound to it to ex- mm-hmm. like get it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh here, that thing, that thing is good. Okay. I, why wouldn't I want to bound to that to do that good thing to mm-hmm. fulfill myself to live in the truth to imprint that thing in, into my person right to build right. my capacity to, or yeah I mean I guess he's moving to realm of virtue but mm-hmm. yeah it seems really contradictory to say you can find freedom in surrendering to something right but yeah but like totally. this is kind of the core concept in a lot of not even just Catholic, but Christian understanding of the world, that that there is a way that the world works. There is a way that you were made. And acting against that only deters you more from, from all kinds of things, like happiness <laughs> and fulfillment. But yeah, if you're acting in accord with the way the world works and in accord with the faculties that you have and that were built to help you recognize good and and what is good for you then then like the more quickly you're acting in accord with that almost like the more it opens you up to do yeah like yeah. i mean you think of all the examples we have this of the saints of what they accomplished because because they were in such accord with not only kind of a universal truth and good but the way they were called to express it and didn't need to waste time getting there. They just acted. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the purpose of freedom mm-hmm. is for us to be able to, f- to fulfill ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we only fulfill ourselves by choosing what is good. Mm-hmm. It would then make sense that yeah, my freedom tied to the true and good things is great. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't want to choose things that don't fulfill me or mm-hmm. that hurt me in mm-hmm. some way or hurt others. But why, right. why would I, I want that? Right. And, and, and non-fulfillment, constantly choosing evil, doesn't just disintegrate your personhood, but it disintegrates your you-ness, your personality, and the way you were meant to live in this world and to find fulfillment in this world. So, I don't know. I feel like evil, contrary to, I don't know, the broader society, (laughs) all the TV shows with a Lucifer-like character. I don't think it's, like, creative and, and unique. I think it is very, like, almost normalizing, almost, like, making you boring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's an example that mm. I just came up with. So you are just full it. of examples today. Rolling. Wow. It's like okay. paint by numbers. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you've got the numbers and you've got like the appropriate paints. Okay. And so you're bound to like, there's a rule there mm-hmm. that's proposed to you. Mm-hmm. So if you submit yourself to the rule, mm-hmm. granted you're still free, but you submit yourself to the rule and you paint by the numbers appropriately, you're going to produce a really beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. If you choose to paint not according to the numbers as you want to, making some alterations somewhere. It probably won't be as pretty, maybe. Or like, or you recognize like, oh, that was supposed to be mm-hmm. a feather and I mm-hmm. painted it like it's the ground or something. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's one way. If we kind of know what's true and then act against it, we might not get the beautiful picture mm-hmm. that we could be. Uh, or not knowing what the numbers are. Like imagine you have a paint set and you've got the square, or, you know, the, the shapes, but you don't know what the numbers are. So you don't know what the truth is. So you're guessing. Like, that would be annoying. Mm. 
because you're going to kind of throw some paint down and be like, oh, oh, that's, what is that? Mm-hmm. And so, even if you end up with a recognizable picture, it'll be a really unrealistic picture. Yeah. So there's kind of a joy in paint by numbers by submitting myself to the instructions as given. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a free agent in it. I can compose a beautiful picture. So I don't know. There's not none. No example is gonna be perfect. What, what if I don't but, like paint by numbers? Uh, then you got to come up with your own example. <laughs> um, yes, I will not attempt to do so. But but there is then maybe the beauty of the real artist mm-hmm. who has internalized the elements of beauty and shapes of things or, or whatever it is, so that they it's so internalized that they can do it without numbers Mm -hmm. but with paints and create something even more beautiful and uniquely their own Mm -hmm. like the painting of this person like they've brought in the rules of good painting technique Mm -hmm. and even the creation of paints maybe they make their own paints and they can create something even more stunningly beautiful Mm -hmm. certainly but they're still probably following some objective good materials good paints right style Mm -hmm. in some way that Right. Or then, but it's it's also like wildly uniquely them, mm-hmm. which is hopefully all of human actions. Like my actions are ho- hopefully wildly uniquely me. Mm-hmm. They're all not tainted with. That's a, that's a bad connotation, but marked by the uniqueness of, of me. As like Mother Teresa loves a person mm-hmm. differently than anybody else, and that is glorious. Like you see the full flourishing of her personality in her action. Mm-hmm. Like she is radically present there in loving that person, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what we're all called. To yeah. do that, hopefully our action like brings our person there, and that is glorious and unique. And yeah, there's definitely a connection between this obligation and and your vocation. Yes, those things are connected because it's not only what you should do, but like what only you can, what only you can do in a way. Because we are all kind of starting with a different starting point in like our our natural abilities our natural personality we're all going to come to this moral truth in a different way or we're going to you know the that thing the objectiveness of it isn't changing just because it's all funneling through our subjective experience that's going to come out differently and that's part of it like that's that's yeah, that's supposed to happen. Yeah. That, um, yeah, in a different situation, in two people going into the same situation, mm-hmm. their conscience can rightly move them to act in different ways. Mm-hmm. That is the appropriate thing for me to do versus mm-hmm. you to do. You know, like appropriate in a situation for a priest to do mm-hmm. or a layperson to do. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, there's or even a doctor like in a situation or mm-hmm. a teacher in a situation. Right. They will come to a situation uniquely and their conscience might very rightly call them to do something different than this other person Mm -hmm. who is maybe encountering a similar situation and both are good but that plays to the uniqueness of the person and even kind of the uniqueness of my conscience right and that's that's only right there is so much good and true and beautiful in the world that if if we could all get to the fullness of all three of those things, you know, we would be God. So, <laughs> and we are not. So, like, <laughs> um, the way we come to and the amount that we come to and the different personalities that we bring to it, like, of course, it's only rightfully so that that we are called to different paths of holiness within the bounds of obligation and and our conscience so yeah but also we still need to talk about actual happiness oh yes yeah before how fulfillment i know uh (laughs) because it's not just fulfillment in the sense that you know wait first okay oh yeah no you finish your thought and (laughs) not just fulfillment in the sense that you have done what you were supposed to do but fulfillment in it makes you happy and not doing it makes you not happy. But not exactly happy. He doesn't quite yes, go okay, happy. Okay, but you yes. would, would like to. But okay, the the really quickly. Um, the hints at things to come. Mm-hmm. He has a uh, a section in this chapter on responsibility. Uh, yes, yes. 
And uh, he says, and maybe we don't even have to kind of explain it, but you can kind of get hints of where he's going mm-hmm. and where we want to go mm-hmm. um, is this. When a person's actions has as its object another person, the directing to the object must correspond to the value of the person. We have here the obligation to refer to the object in accordance with its true value. Mm. So we see that step toward there's a, yeah he's been talking about external objects but now like what if it's another person okay our action must correspond with the value of that person mm-hmm. and simply something. like laying out this system that is built into all of us and you you can see the value of that that kind of way this within itself makes you believe a human being is a spiritual being like a you know yeah, a transcendental being, almost. I don't know where I'm going with that. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this is all happening every second, which is... In each person, yeah. ...unbelievable, then, oh, I read somewhere that that we need to approach each person without our sandals because they are sacred. Oh, yeah. They are treading on sacred ground just because of who they are. So, yeah, the uniqueness of it, the potential of it, the, yeah, all that is stored within a human being, it's amazing. So, of course, yeah, like, your responsibility to the other person involves this bottom-level respect of all that is in a human person. Yeah, well, and, and, yeah, because he says, we have an obligation to refer to the object in accordance with its true value. Mm -hmm. But the the crazy thing is, we can't grasp... The true value of another human person. So that's, okay, I should give this object respect it is due. But I can't even fathom the respect mm-hmm. that, that this person is mm-hmm. due. And yeah. that's a little bit terrifying. Mm-hmm. How can I give it appropriate respect mm-hmm. when it is worthy of Beyond my perfect and infinite? Yeah, like, like I almost, like, I don't even have the capacity to treat this object as mm-hmm. it ought to be treated. Mm-hmm. I keep saying object, but like person, yes. right? That's kind of terrifying, uh-huh. actually. Yeah. Almost in every situation, I am unworthy to interact with this person because I am not giving them their due. Mm-hmm. Well, we're well, calling it well, quits. Yeah, all right. Yeah, He's not stop, worthy to interact with me. <laughs> um, all of my words are not worthy. Uh, anybody I speak to, great. Oh, shoot. But then it just like reveals kind of the beauty and the full complexity of... All of this is interacting, happening at one second. And and then you bring in another human being into that. And how that's meant to be. That, like, we are building with each other and for each other. And, yeah, how that's all intended. Yeah. That's really cool, too. So, it is. Mm-hmm. And the... Well, even, yeah, like, you go to prayer. Quoted like we... words of Emily Simon. Whoa. Whoa. It's cool. Yeah. But even think like with prayer, we go before God Mm -hmm. and we certainly do not Mm -hmm. understand what is his true value. Mm -hmm. So even in prayer, we are out of our depths and we do the best we can, Mm -hmm. but we are woefully inadequate. Okay. But the point of most of the point of this chapter or this section in the chapter on responsibility is that we are responsible for ourselves Mm -hmm. and maybe do this quickly as we want to get to felicity but if i'm the only one who determines myself or or can bring myself to actualization Mm -hmm. fulfill myself and even the conscience is going to say it is good that you bring yourself to fulfillment that you actualize yourself that you are fulfilled Mm -hmm. therefore that duty then comes from the truth of the thing to my action from conscience or in the conscience that i'm the only one who can do it thus i am responsible and i ought to bring myself fulfillment i ought to surrender to what is true so that in everything i do i am fulfilling myself which of course then has a lot of external realities which is Mm -hmm. good for the world around me and good for the people around me Mm -hmm. but i am responsible unto myself right yeah it's kind of like thinking about your ego as a second person i am responsible for that person and then i'm also responsible to that person and like i almost need to make an account of like the actions i've made so that's all contained within myself 
I am responsible for myself. I am responsible to myself. And the only, yeah, like the... Yep. I, I would quote him, able... but you're basically okay, exactly okay. doing it. Yeah, so you, I don't you, you won't to be him. able to, to blame anybody else <laughs> at that moment if, if you didn't come to self-fulfillment. Yeah. Because um, the person who could do that, the only person who could do that was yourself. Yep. So, okay. Yep. We need to talk about Felicity, though. Let's do it. Um, you mean the American Girl Felicity? What? <laughs> okay, you, you talk about American Girl dolls. Yeah, yeah, you oh wouldn't my understand. Gosh. Okay. And you made um, fun of me for picking a quote without conscience, and you just. Okay. <laughs> okay, so can I? Okay, I'm starting with the quote. Go um, for it. Because I think this is perhaps a good way to understand Felicity by going to the opposite end. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. To despair. <laughs> okay, so the argument applies similarly to the opposite of felicity, to despair, which is a result of acting contrarily to the conscience and recognition of moral truth. So I feel like we have all felt this at one point. We can all relate to not only knowing something is bad, but letting yourself still do it. Mm. That is hurts so much worse than than not knowing something was bad. Oh, or, sure. So so that in reverse <laughs> is felicity that that not only you're doing something good for yourself but there's a recognition that it's good for yourself. Yeah. And like that within itself while it may not be kind of the way you describe happiness necessarily, it is kind of this pervasive goodness about yourself and that is felicity that is kind of a an unshaken i don't know this seems like joy to me that you're not always happy when you're joyful but like there is an underlying sense of the goodness of what you are doing yeah right how would you how would you describe felicity yeah similarly Mm -hmm. that Achievement of the good mm-hmm. for myself and for others mm-hmm. to know that my actions are fulfilling me. And I mean, okay, it's not necessarily like to know it and then to feel it. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of in, in action itself. Mm-hmm. But the choosing of what is good and fulfilling, it even, you'll say it's kind of connected to, or, okay. Felicity has to be identified not with the availability of freedom as such but with the fulfillment of freedom through truth mm. that I have put myself in and acted in accord with truth. Mm-hmm. And you find that resonance between mm-hmm. now me and what is objectively true mm-hmm. and even like the transcendentals of truth, beauty, goodness. Mm-hmm. I am more like those things mm-hmm. and I recognize them in myself now more mm-hmm. and like the correspondence between those deeply intuited great things mm-hmm. in me i am now more like them yay <laughs> for the <laughs> yay. For felicity mm-hmm. that yeah even like you know we delight in a beautiful thing mm-hmm. but i've made myself more beautiful mm-hmm. or like i delight in a good thing and like mm-hmm. i am now more like that thing uh-huh. that's cool mm-hmm. uh, so it seems less connected once again, kind of back to the beginning of this chapter with the external effect of your act. Because there are many situations where doing the good requires suffering or maybe less comfortableness on your part. But if internally things are right and it is all right with myself, then that is a much more unshakable sort of goodness that that yeah you delight in that you recognize and and that kind of provides a a sense of satisfaction and you know no matter what kind of external circumstances you're in yeah um right which totally i'm sure doesn't come immediately or doesn't come easily but i do think we all kind of yeah. So, yeah. Like have had a personal experience of. Right. I did the right thing and it didn't work out for me in terms of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the results of it, but, but that, that can't 
mess with the satisfaction I have from doing that. Yeah. And the the fulfillment that I know I got from that. Right. Um, and that's kind of that's classically a, distinguished from... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. From, like, happiness, which tends to be more maybe connected with kind of pleasure and just, like, the, the momentary... I'm happy because I watched a cool movie, mm-hmm. which is just good. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, that kind of deeper mm-hmm. state mm-hmm. of thing that, that can kind of remain where happiness is a bit up and down, on and off, based on kind of what's maybe more immediately in front of me. I eat a candy bar, I'm happy. Five minutes later, I've forgotten that I've eaten a candy bar and I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> that happiness may be more tied to pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so, certainly, felicity, happiness, and pleasure can, can overlap and mm-hmm. do in different situations. But yeah, like there's a time where mom has to punish kid, which doesn't feel good, but like you know you've done something good for your kid to teach them that, like, this thing is bad and hopefully, you know, steer their course toward mm-hmm. their life, you know, towards something better to help them build the virtue. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that is good. It didn't, yeah, like, I don't want to yell at my kid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to punish them. But I've done something good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know if that, that so it brings you, like, joy in, in the happiness kind of way. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have done what I ought to have done as a parent. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've helped my kid. Like, I've done the loving thing. Mm-hmm. I have and acted that is, rightly. That is good. With the world. Yeah. With myself. And, yeah, that's good. Right. So he also spends a little bit of time in this chapter kind of talking about the spiritual element of all of this. But we we kind of figure that this is, this is going to play into the next chapter in terms of we're going towards how does the physical body play into this right. whole thing so i right. think kind of a natural element of that will be the immaterial part um, of the person yeah mm-hmm. so and he talks about the soul he's kind of right. bringing in yeah mm-hmm. the soul as yeah like it is this immaterial it's a place where a lot of these things he's been talking about reside this mm-hmm. consciousness this conscience mm-hmm. it kind of transcends the person like that all resides in this immaterial mm-hmm. spiritual side which is kind of soul. But it's going to be important for, yeah, the next chapter with right. so the we, body. We fully intend to talk about it, especially yeah. since we have a feeling that's where we're headed. Yeah. And, I okay, one point to make, maybe mm-hmm. before we close, that seems to be just the way we're talking about it and a lot of this stuff, it seems very, I guess, inward focused because it is, but even like, not necessarily prideful, but, but self-focused, mm-hmm. maybe in a bad way, but it's certainly not what JP2 wants to be the intention. Mm-hmm. Um because we can see him, he's already expanding out. Like, there's those hints at understanding the value of another person. So, yeah, we're spending a lot of time, and he's spending a lot of time, focusing on, in a way, me. And, like, a lot of our examples about me or I or, like, me bringing myself to fulfillment, which seems like a kind of selfish, self-centered, don't-care-about-other-people pursuit. But I think we're going to the place that all these things are tied in with other people mm-hmm. and the fact that we live in a community. Right. and we we're, don't live in a vacuum. Yeah, maybe not that... Yeah, a lot of our examples are, like, about me and, like, mm-hmm. me bringing myself to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of the first necessary step to the other necessary stuff of mm-hmm. we definitely live in community. We are definitely called to love. Right. We are definitely called to go out of ourselves. Right. But first we kind of got to understand ourselves. Right. And even, like, who other people are. Right. Yeah. And or, or at least, like, grasp even a little bit of the mystery of another person so that right. you'll you'll really treat the ground they walk on as sacred ground. In this chapter, he was talking about ethics and how you can't divorce ethics from the fact Mm. that morality doesn't exist until human beings act. Morality doesn't exist without the human person. And I think that would be his general understanding of many different things that you can't yeah, you can't talk you can't about abstract, the way societies work if you don't know the human person and you don't have a proper respect for the human person. You have to be, here we go, you have to be rooted oh. in a proper understanding of the human person and all the potential that exists and all the beauty of what happens when a person acts Yeah. before you can go outwards. <laughs> right, and so even think of just like social things, mm-hmm. like economic things like 
involve the human person. Ethical mm-hmm. things involve the human person. Mm-hmm. Governments and politics involve the human person. Mm-hmm. They're not, or they can't be, if we leave them just in the theoretical realm mm-hmm. and not kind of tie them to these individual, unique human persons the human acting experience. them out, mm-hmm. then like we're, we're missing something that's mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. Cool. All right. We did it. Cool. That's fun. And now we will, it. we will, <laughs> next chapter, yeah, see the, the connection of the immaterial person and the physical embodiment of the person, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. That it is, seems, it seems that's where, where we're going. That is where we are headed, yes. So, until next time.